Authorization required. Captain's log. The impossible has happened. Somewhere along this journey, we'll find a way back. Enter authorization code. We might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. Our mission is to go forward. It's just begun. There's still much to do. Still so much to learn. Security authorization accepted. Command codes verified. Transfer complete. You're listening to An Hour with the Continuing Committee with your host, Charlie Plain. Uh, my name is Mike Harrington. Um, long-time player of uh, a Star Trek customizable card game. Uh, started playing first edition uh, many, many years ago. Uh, back in, I think... Fifth grade is what my notes tell me. I was thinking about it yesterday, and uh, pretty much uh, stayed with it um, up until I think 2004. Um, kind of the, I believe that was the last last time I played until uh, I got back into it, which I think was around 2008. Um, it was right about when These Are the Voyages came out and. Um, and the final set uh, from Decipher came out. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've been playing for uh, quite some time. And I play in Minnesota, um, out in the Twin Cities area, and we've been blessed with a huge player base for pretty much all these years. Um, uh, it helps uh, that we have, you know, players coming from so- uh, North and South Dakota, um, as well as Iowa. Wisconsin, we can't really figure them out. You know, they come in one year, they're gone the next uh, kind of <laughs> situation there. So yeah. <laughs> but, so uh, how, what's your what's your handle on the forums in case people oh, sure. don't know who you are? So. Yeah, it's uh, Ajnaran, which is spelled A J N A R A N, and it's uh, it's the word as a lot of people pick up kind of kind of my cleverness. It's uh, orange in Spanish backwards. So that's my favorite color. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wish I had a cool story about my name. I just kind of picked two things and put them together. That's what I was. So so, other than being an extremely fascinating and nice guy, which you are, uh, the noteworthy thing that's happened to you recently was winning the 2011 second edition world championship back in August. And I know it's been two months, but I, I imagine uh, things have been crazy busy afterwards, and I know they've been busy on our end, so it's been a while since we've podcasted, but allow me to congratulate you on the win. Oh, well, thank you. If I'm not mistaken, that is your second world championship, right? Or is it third? Um, nope, second. Yep. Second. Uh, Yep, 99 uh, for first edition. So it was, uh, what is that, 10, 10, 12 years, 12 years? Yeah, it was, it was a long time ago. I was uh, very much younger back then. So so I think you're the first one to win both, right? I, I believe that's true. So. Um, I think that's what I've heard. I, so that is excellent. Yeah. yeah. So so tell us, tell us about... What you played and, and why you played it leading up to, to 
the actual event itself. Just 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 tell us the story of of your deck and your preparations for for this year's worlds. Sounds good. Um, yeah, actually, I just made a post on the message boards um, in conjunction to a uh, post that somebody was uh, asking about dual headquarters decks um, and what's the deal with them? Why is there cards that are kind of against them? Whatever. And uh, anyway, I kind of, I kind of, as a side point to that, was talking about why I use a dual HQ deck and um, for for worlds this year, and I think it ended up being the only one used day two, if I'm correct. I haven't looked at all the deck lists or anything, but um, I'm pretty sure you're right, but yeah, but keep talking and I'll look it up. Okay, sounds good. So um, yeah, I I use a dual HQ deck, um, but. You know, in this post, I was kind of uh, de-emphasizing that, you know, the fact that I did play a dual HQ Q deck. That was not the main main goal or anything as far as uh, what I was going to play that day. Um, it just kind of ended up being a deck that um, I had a whole lot of experience playing in the last two years. And that, that was probably the main reason I played it. Um, it was an idea, based on an idea I had... Um, you know, like a, probably about two years ago, something like that. And I was looking through cards and noticed that there's some pretty cool uh, cards and reflections. You know, uh, all the affiliations have really cool personnel for the most part. So I was looking at Kimtar and, you know, going through events, and I was like, well, what can we do with him? And then I stumbled across no one situation. And uh, that kind of moment uh, of clarity led me to believe that it might be a viable strategy. Um, insofar as there's a lot of dilemmas with requirements. And if, you know, I was to use those, you know, it would, and, you know, no win being a uh, universal or non-unique event, I'd be able to stop a lot of people with very few dilemmas, which is, which is something that I kind of emphasize when I'm building decks, um, is kind of minimizing how many dilemmas you give your opponent, just because, you know, that way you can stop them you know, quite a lot of times. <laughs> so, uh, and that that kind of goes back to when I started playing, uh, got back into the game when these other voyages came out because um, I was a big, uh, big user of Viserys Bluff and Excalibur, which, you know, I, I had, didn't get a lot of play. I think they've, you know, definitely gotten more and more play um, in the last couple of years, but um, when, I, when I was playing it, they really didn't get that much play and they were kind of, you know, one you know, a complete stop and only one card going under. So I kind of followed along that vein with this, uh, thinking that, you know, no one would allow me that. And then you kind of figure out that there's uh, dual uses to some of these, you know, dilemmas. You know, they'll stop people and then they'll do other things too, whatever their game text might be. Um, so, yeah, so that was kind of that. I threw that together. And then the dual HQ aspect part of it, um, uh, kind of the main idea thinking there is that, uh, uh, Miles O'Brien, the DS9 version, uh, Repair Chief protects uh, the known situations, which is kind of important because this is a big old event that you get out there, and it's going to be pretty pretty costly for you to get out there. And if you lose it, then you know you're you're spending a lot of counters that you know you could be spending otherwise, getting personnel out and such. So that's and you know uh, Mouth of the Wormhole DS9 is pretty cool in that it's a one you know, one range HQ, um, so jumping back and forth is something that's not as hard. 
Um, right. So, so, so the idea behind the no-win situation piles then is to throw something like pitching in. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That that's uh, exactly one of the cards that um, that's came out since I you know first designed the deck. That's really improved it just because uh, you know the number of stops can can become you know pretty 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 large. Uh, a card like uh, pitching in because there's two sets of requirements there. So, you know, and pretty much one thing that's important to, that I've learned uh, is, is, you know, skill tracking is kind of important. Um, you know, the, the skills that are on, like, uh, pitching in are kind of, uh, you know, common so that it's not that big of a deal. But, you know, you want to be cognizant of what they have out because, you know, if you give them a dilemma and they don't have that skill for, like, say, um, what's one? cards. Uh, Kolar and Raiders, you know, say they don't have leadership or security, I think. You know, you, you want them to have leadership security so that you get your stops. You don't want to get them a kill because that, you know, that's just one person in the attempt. So all those kind of cards, uh, pitching in included, um, you know, you want, to, you want to make sure you kind of have an idea of what they have out so that you can maximize the number of stops. So, um, yeah, it really it really gets those cards going, and then you know, like I was saying, the the, the cards with different choices or you know different game text abilities that you can use it like instigate dissension, for instance, which <laughs> I didn't want to see on uh, day two. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> for 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 a no win pile, it's just perfect because you know if they if, if they get by the requirement, it's going to stop you know four people. Otherwise, it's going to stop two people, and you know they're going to be they're going to be screwed a little bit if they're playing dual HQ. So. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of fun finding the dilemmas that work there. And then, you know, you want to use the dilemmas that uh, don't go under as well. You know, hard time, perfect supplement to it. You know, because it'll get rid of more people, but it's a card that won't go under. And then you look at a card like Healing Hand, um, you know, another card that might not go under. Um, you know, stuff like that. So, 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 so your, your basic deck then... Get the get these big events out. Get no win situation out. Keep it safe, and then just solve your missions with your good people. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I guess I, it'd probably be worth it to mention Holding Cell Two, which is a, a relatively new card. I think that came out in peak performance, and that card um, was also very very instrumental um, day two, um, and that you know went along with the DS9 component. Um, but that that really gave you uh, some 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 support as far as your opponent being making it tougher for them to use interrupts, and then also the fact that you could uh, you know you could nab one of their people. So I, that that kind of provided another interference factor along with no win. I think together they 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 made it uh, you know viable for me thinking thinking that you know. What I was going to face that, you know, there's a lot of decks that are going to have some pretty key personnel that I might be able to hopefully get rid of at least for a time with uh, Holding Cell. And that's another card that uh, Kimtar can download. But yeah, as far as mission solving, um, I'm not going to lie, it's not easy with this deck. Um, you do have access to some pretty good personnel, but, you know, it, it's not going to have the power that, you know, some speed solvers are going to have um, that focus on mission solving. Uh, mission solving is kind of, you know, second, your second goal after, you know, all the interference stuff. But that being said, they, you know, Klingons and Deep Space Nine have pretty good integrity. So, um, I think I was using pretty much easy integrity missions. And 
I it was a good time because uh, now that insurrection is out, that would make it uh, <laughs> that much harder to do some of those missions. That's for sure. Yeah, that was one of those cards that we all wanted to. We wished we could have put out right before, you know. <laughs> so we could have put out two or three cards that would have been on the list. Yeah, yeah, that would have uh, that definitely would have been a, a tough thing to uh, to deal with. So throughout the entire weekend. You know, between between Heat One and Heat Two, or between Heat One and, and Day Two, how much dual headquarters uh, hate did you run into? Oh, that's that's a good question. Uh, how much did it? I mean, did it feel like really? Well, it felt like not much. Um, I think there's just based on the quantity of cards that have you know dual HQ hate kind of written into them, you're gonna face them here or there. I think that's pretty much. Um, unavoidable, but I I never felt that any opponent really had it um, built into their deck as something they you know they really were prepping against. I think it was there were cards that you know hey great if they're using a dual HQ you know this card would be better. Um, not so much as you know oh I'm worried about dual HQ I'm really going to make sure that I have something prepared against them. Um, I guess uh, day one I wasn't. About it as much because I was, you know, using a single HQ. Um, but I, I never really, yeah, got the impression that people were, were really gearing against dual HQ. And I think that's something that, you know, it's really not that hard to do. I think it will, you know, compromise maybe your speed a little bit in some instances or something. But um, yeah, it's it just really I didn't see it out there. I was uh, pretty fortunate day two, to, to say the least. I know one of the. A lot of the cards that really hammer dual headquarters also fail against Voyager. And 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 looking at, at the top sixteen, you know, you're the only dual headquarters deck and then there's three Voyager decks. So if oh, yeah. I put in, you know, Final Adventure or, or something along those lines, it's gonna or, or Dadarok, it's gonna kill two on, on you, but it's gonna whiff against three other players. So I mean it's it's is there dual? I mean, looking at it analytically, is the dual headquarters is the dual headquarters hate in the game justified? And if it is, is it is it sufficient in your? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. This this kind of goes in. I I post a little bit about this in this, this thread. Somebody was asking about dual HQs. Um. And I think that's a great point you bring up as far as the you know the the juxtaposition of you know Voyager being a pretty strong meta choice uh, this this year. And uh, three three decks, I think that was more than any other um, affiliation that showed up there, day two. Um, yeah, I think that's big. I think, personally, I think that there is there is enough uh, dual HQ um, hated as far as, you know, the cards go. I, I think it's, you know, definite, definitely necessary. Um, and, I mean, in, in a format like... Uh, you know, especially like a day two format where you have three, um, you know, best of three format. Um, you know, it's it's a risk. It's it's a big risk because if you face one opponent that that has you know significant dual HQ hate, um, you could be pretty much screwed. Um, you know, <laughs> I hate to say it, but um, I, I'd hope that I could still you know kind of scrap and fight against some of it, um, just just with some of my cards, but. It'd be tough, um, but yeah, like you said, uh, it, as far as a, a, a meta choice, I think it, that was another really good reason why uh, Dual HQ ended up 
you know, not not being prepped against as much because of the likelihood that Voyager is going to be out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look at cards, I mean, it's it's pretty. Um, I, I think it's on a point of design. It seems to me that you know there there's, there needs to be you know a wide array of of, of cards that um, curb dual HQ because if there isn't, then you know you're you're just looking at combos that can can become pretty pretty powerful pretty quickly. And, and I think that's something that you, you always want to watch. And you know hopefully we can avoid you know decks that become completely unstoppable. You know, before they before they show up, um, I know that you know Chris Clark uh, came up with a deck earlier in the uh, championship season this year that was uh, pretty scary uh, from what it sounded like. Uh, I guess I was thankful never to have to play against it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. So, but you know, as far as my deck goes, I like I said, I I think there was a lot that could have been done against it, and I boy, I I I was very very not certain of what I was going to face the next, uh, you know, day two. I mean, I had ideas, of course, and I thought it was my best, uh, you know, my best chance, but it was in no way, shape, or form a total control, you know, deck or lockout deck or anything like that. It was, I knew pretty much all my games were going to be close, and I just hoped that I had enough, uh, you know, enough things going my way. And I had a, you know, against Tyler, I had a three-round, three-round matchup. I had some pretty good matchups. Um, I think. I <laughs> yeah, I was I was just looking at the bracket, and I'm I'm trying to figure out if if you or 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 Jeffrey, who was your opponent in the finals, had a tougher. I mean, you 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 had Joel Scon in the first round, and then Tyler in the second round, and then Ben Hosp in the the semifinals. I think I and had. Then, I, I, well, I think I had a really good. Really fortunate matchups for for this reason. Not not to say that these players were were weak players. Completely uh, contrary to that. I think what what happened was I played somebody uh, Joel Scott, who was playing Voyager and a Voyager deck that uh, my friend Nat Curtin, uh, also in Make It So right now. Good luck, Nat. Um, who, who who he played Voyager. He's played Voyager for you know two years plus, three years probably. It's been pretty much. Uh, one of his staple decks, so I have so much experience playing against that uh, kind of version of Voyager with some, you know, event interference and then the Chicote brothers and whatnot. And so against Joel, you know, I was pretty comfortable. I just, I just kind of knew what I had to do, and I knew that I kind of had the resources to, uh, to, 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 to combat it pretty good. And then second round against uh, Tyler, um, I was pretty familiar with, you know, Klingon as I was using Klingon too and a lot of the same things. Um yeah. and and in that game it was really interesting because and I put it in my report, I don't know for those of you who read it, um, that the the matchups really kinda were based on our opening draw quite a bit. And that's something that I haven't really been, you know I haven't really seen that be be very pivotal pivotal or important um into I think maybe a little bit more back when I was playing it, especially with like Vic Fontaine before he was uh, banned or whatever way back when. But um, yeah, against Tyler, it, it was interesting because whoever kind of had a good draw would really got control of the board. Um, and I was fortunate enough to kind of you know win 
best two or three uh, as far as that goes. I, I think I might have had a slight advantage in that my deck was a little smaller, and I might have had a couple, um, you know, I had Holding Cell. I think Holding Cell was, 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 was a nice card to have that he didn't have, and I also had Quark. Kind of gave me a universal download, which I think was pretty important. So I was able to get a better draw. I think I had a better chance at a better draw, but um, still got pretty fortunate there. Um, and then against uh, Ben, uh, you know, I had played him two years ago, um, back when he and you know Neil were really uh, dominating with uh, Klingons, and um, I had had you know quite a lot of time to. to play test against it, so I was pretty familiar with what Ben was doing, and uh, uh, those were, you know, all, all the games were very, very close, very, you know, very hard-fought games, but I I felt like I knew knew what I was up against very, very well, and had I played, you know, a deck like what Neil played, boy, I tell you, I had no experience against that, and it, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what would have happened, it would have been, it would have been exciting, uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, it was pretty exciting as it was, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know, I, you, you got some fortunate matchups, but it was, you know, thrilling to see so many good matchups throughout the day. Oh yeah, I mean, it was it was great. And oh, and you know, the the final one against Jeffrey was the was perhaps I was kind of dreading going into the day playing him because we played the night before um, a quick game in our room and uh, things didn't go too well for me. Uh, we were playing the same deck. And Jeffrey was thinking about playing, you know, I don't even remember what he was thinking. But he was thinking about playing something else, and uh, and I and I kind of told him, I personally, I kind of wanted him to play something else as far as I, 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 you know, I'd have a better chance maybe against something else he was playing. But I thought for, you know, for him, and, you know, we were all in the same room and, and friends, you know, he, he should probably go with what his best deck is, so. He ended up going with Maquis, and uh, I'll tell you what, that's a, that's a really tough deck to play against, and, you know, we, we, we ended up tying, so, you know, I, I was able to get the win courtesy of the, uh, courtesy of the, uh, you know, the, the tiebreakers, but uh, that, you know, as, as arbitrary as those go, I think uh, it's important to, to note that uh, Jeffrey is, uh, is a champion himself in my eyes. Yeah, it, you know, I, I assume everybody knows about that situation, but uh, what it, what just so so we can let her just in case, uh, what happened is that um, Jeffrey and Mike tied both of their games, and the the rules of tiebreakers as written are that a tied game in match play goes to the highest seeded player, which happened to be you. Uh, by virtue of the fact that you qualified from Heat 1 instead of Heat 2. Right. And, and I think... And, you know, go ahead. No, no, no. Please, go ahead. Oh, I, I, I just think it's one of those situations where, you know, you, you, you dread, you know, I'm, I'm sure in your place to, to as, a, as TD for that, to, you know, to, to have to, you know, read the fine print as far as, you know, you hope to never get to those kind of tiebreakers. I, I don't think anyone's really, you know, to blame. I think, you know, we can probably improve upon, upon the tie-breaking system, but it's just uh, one of those weird kind of instances where, you know, the chance of this happening, I think, is 
is pretty uh, pretty slim. Though it's interesting to note that in the uh, uh, World Championship track uh, final, I think uh, Jeffrey with the same deck had the same thing happen. <laughs> so maybe maybe it's uh, it, it goes along with uh, that Maquis deck a little bit. But um, well, I mean that's certainly a factor when when you play a control deck, you're going to go to time. And going to time means the tie becomes a much more likely outcome. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that maybe, you know, there's been debates about should the seating be different? There's been dates about debates about should the tiebreakers be different? And, and maybe, and I'm sure it's something that, that James and, and the whole team will look at before we get into the next year's season, but, but ultimately, Ultimately, there has to be a way to break ties. I, I, I mean, I suppose you, you could leave it as co-champions, which which just you know puts a puts a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths too. You know, I, I, I have no doubt that that you and Jeffrey both deserve to be winners of that outcome of that match. But ultimately, there has to be you know if you're going to stipulate that there's a, that there are going to be wins, then you have to be able to to break ties and and. As terrible as it is, ultimately somebody is going to be on the, the losing end of a tiebreaker, and this time it happened to be Jeffrey. So. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that pretty much sums it up. Now, I mean, if it were up to you, what type of things would you like to change to avoid that in the future? Well, uh, I think there's a, 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 some things you can do as far as. You know, if there is two games tied or something, um, then you kind of play a third deciding match. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it comes down to, you know, the, 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 there's so many variables in play as far as the logistics of it, the timing, you know, how much time it takes to play. In one. I mean, you don't want to play five games and have them tie, you know. Um, yeah. Hopefully that wouldn't happen. I mean, it, but, you know, it, those, it, was so inter- it was so weird, those two decks. And, and and like you said, it might have been partially, you know, the 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 stall the stall factor. But I mean, our two decks were very different. Um, you know, I mean, we didn't we didn't really have share a card in common as far as like our draw decks went. But you know, they were so evenly matched. It was just one of those things where a tie really became you know uh, likely. That being said, uh, you know, it's it's easy for you know a deck to end like or a game to end like forty to thirty five, you know, eventually or something like that. So. I don't know. I think I think you can look at you know maybe in that, in that situation playing a third deciding game or something like that possibly. Um, I don't really know. I I I I've thought about it and you know I'm, I'm still unclear exactly what the best way to go about it is. Um, I do think well, I do think that uh, it has been mentioned by some people and I I do agree with them as far as the seating goes that I really think that the top for the heat system, I think that the top eight should be from day one, and then uh, heat or heat one, and then heat two should be nine through sixteen. Because you know, I, I just think that those those players really deserve it because they had to go through the tougher field. Um, but that's that's not going to change this. You know, this is this is still yeah. That 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 wouldn't have you still would have ended up higher seated than than Jeffrey in that situation. Yes. So. Yes. Um, I I think that that maybe. You know, in hindsight, and, and and to be perfectly clear, and to be perfectly honest, everybody at this point was just beyond exhausted. 
I mean, I was chugging five-hour energies like it was my job to try to stay conscious, you know. I think that, but ultimately, after two games, you know, it's zero zero two, right? And it should probably have gone to a third game. And then if it had ended up zero zero three, then you would, you know, award the win to the tiebreaker. But if 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 you had either got a straight win or Jeffrey had gotten a straight win in that third game, that probably should have been the deciding factor. But you know, it did. We didn't do that. That we re- we interpreted it the way we interpreted it. Yep. We just didn't try to make sure it's it's easier to interpret for next year. Right, and, and you know, hopefully, uh, like you said, I, I think everyone, everyone, including me, we're we're all becoming zombies very quickly um, at that point. And um, you know, going back to to um, I don't know for me personally, like going back two years before that when I was you know I got to the semifinals and I was up against Neil and we were having epic games and then there was a fire. And then we left, and by that time it was so late. At that point, I was I was so exhausted that I I just knew, you know, even if I had somehow advanced against Neil, that we, you know we'd play so much more uh, games after that. I I, yeah. I think it might be you know worth it. I, I mean, obviously we we do this with the uh, review um, every year, just just to look at the formats and try to. It just feels to me that we can get the timing a little less. Exhaustive, I guess if that's a word. Yeah. Um, just because I, I I do feel that we just get to a point, you know, that it's just like, ugh, you know, uh, <laughs> boy, this is. Uh, I, I mean, part of it is just, you know, you're gonna have a long gaming weekend, you know, no matter what. Of course, at Gen Con, that, yeah. that comes with the territory. But it just se- it just seems like, uh, you know, we might be able to find a way where it's a little, it's a little more streamlined. A little, you know, people are are, you know, a little fresher. Some way, you know, and 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 I don't really know yeah. what the best way to, to go about it is necessarily, but I, I think it's definitely something you know we can look at, and you know I'm I'm so glad that uh, we're able to do that with uh, uh you know the, the the review every year. Yeah, it's it's I'm I'm very happy that we have so many passionate people, and we have people who are in volunteer positions are are so willing to listen to to the community. Yeah, so. I I I just I I think that. Uh, uh, you in particular uh, kind of stressed that point. I think that's 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 absolutely awesome. And, uh, I hope uh, you know we we, we uh, the thing that people have to keep in mind is that you know if you if you see changes, you know that that you know you can point them out and uh, and and that when everyone's trying to do the best job possible, I mean improvements just going to follow suit. You know that's just how it's going to be. You know it might not be perfect, but it's 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 going to be pretty good. Absolutely. So, changing gears slightly, uh, one of the things that you won is the chance to design a card. Hat, without without holding you to anything, have you, have you given any thought to what you might, what kind of card you might want? To make? Uh, you know, I've I've given a little thought to it, but it's it's kind of vague. It's kind of it's still kind of forming in my in my in my head. I. I guess I'm in danger. I'm, I'm one of those people that's in danger of, of probably trying to do too much with the card. But at the same, you know, I, like my philosophy, you know, about cards and card design is kind of, you know, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. But, yep. you know, my, my brain doesn't really work that way. <laughs> I try to, uh, you know, I, I, I try to think of a whole lot of different things that I can throw on there. So um, it'll, it'll definitely be... Uh, the, the challenge, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm still thinking about it, still still working towards it. So it'll it'll be yeah, something I, I think that um, hopefully we'll uh, well I don't know what see some use, right? I mean that's that's I guess what you hope well, for. <laughs> you know that, that that's the thing. It's, it's the designer card prizes. It's always walking a fine line between making something that you really want to see and making something that you think people will use. And, and it's, it's tough because it's, it's not easy making a card to that standard. I mean, you know, Caleb's made two and, and I would say his mission was pretty used. The dilemma, uh, a little bit less so, you know, Kevin's card kind of got play tested into, uh, obscurity. Uh, Neil's card isn't, Bad, uh, but it's not. You know, it's very situational. Yeah. Um, but he made his more to make for the. You know, he wanted to connect it to New Jersey, so he made the guy from Jersey. <laughs> That's right. Neil made uh, Berlinghoff, and then Tyler's card, not Tyler, uh, Tobias's card, was made. You know, sort of in conjunction with a team, so it gets used in that in that deck, but not a lot of decks other than. And so, I guess you just need to sort of pick. Do I want to make a cool character? And not really worry about what he does. Do I want to make something that's, you know, because if you try to make a card that everybody's going to want to use, you're either going to end up making something that's way too powerful and gets, you know, nerfed down in playtesting, or you're going to end up making something for, like, one specific deck. So it, it's, it's not easy, and I don't end <laughs> Well, I think you, uh, yeah, you summed it up there. There's, there's a lot of different ways you can. What, uh, what, what, do you remember what cards Caleb even designed? I, I don't even know. I was. Uh, he did the. Investigate derelict Delphic Expanse mission. The, the the one that was the one he did the first time he won, and then uh, the second one was I want to say it was the the once more into the breach dilemma it was his. Gotcha. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's cool. I I actually uh, a little footnote. I'm I'm just tackling Enterprise the show. I was kind of biased against it for some reason for a while, and I'm just kind of getting into it, and I'm realizing that it's a lot better than I'd given it credit for. So I just saw that Investigate Derelict uh, uh, episode. Vulcan Zombies. Vulcan yeah. Zombies, yeah. I thought that was really well done. <laughs> You're in for a treat, because I think the fourth season of Enterprise was the best Star Trek on since the heyday of TNG and Deep Space Nine. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. For for me, I, I think you know, back when it started, I, I just was like, what's going on with Archer? Why is he, why is he, why is he pissed off at everybody all the time? It seemed to me, and then, uh, you know, yeah. more, more thinking about it now, I kind of, I kind of realize. Well, first of all, I, you know, he kind of has good, good reason. I think that, you know, Enterprise really focuses on kind of the more sticky moral, uh, you know, choices, and it's a little. You know they're they're a little less developed as as far as uh you know um, you know once they become so big and you know and, you know Starfleet and uh, and then they're able to you know kind of do what they want to do but back then you know they have to worry about you know fighting for survival when when when, when you have to do that you know things get a little a little tougher so <laughs> it, it kind of makes yeah. makes sense. No, it, it was. It took a while. You know, it's, it took a while to get its trek legs, so to speak. And unfortunately, the, the studios weren't willing to to let it flourish when they finally did. So. Yeah, I, I was just reading up on it. You know, kind of the. Uh, you know, it sounded like the actors weren't too happy about the the final episode. You know, with the kind of paying homage to TNG a little bit. 
Yeah, don't watch it. Just, just don't. Like, stop, stop at the two-parter right before it and just... And then come back, like, a year later and watch it. But watch it out of, you know... If you're watching them all in order, it's just you're just going to walk away unsatisfied if you yeah. watch that one last. Come back to it, you know... I'll tell you what. Six months later, watch it in isolation. And yeah, I'll come back to it when uh, the second season of uh, Game of Thrones comes out. Because that's the there you go. There you go. Right <laughs> so you, you, are you watching it on Netflix? Cause I am. You know what? I I don't know what... what yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have Netflix. I got it, I think, like two months ago. I just have the online one. Because, you know, I use my laptop all the time. It's yeah. It's good, you know, pixelation and everything. And I'm one of those people that... I, I watch a lot of sports too. I'm I'm really into sports, and I I'm kind of one of those people that have surfed around and try to find you know episodes and in sports. Kind of, I pirate it. You know, I try to I kind of try to pirate it a little bit, and and then I realized you know just like a few weeks ago that it's on Netflix, so I don't have to watch it with all these ads ads popping up. I guess it's not pirating yep. it; it's just you know ad adware. But um, yeah. It, I tell you what, it uh, it, it definitely makes it a lot better when uh, you know something doesn't pop up saying congratulations every uh, every every two seconds. So. <laughs> and uh, with I would um, recommend uh, watching it via Netflix for sure. <laughs> as of October first, uh, every Star Trek series is streaming on. Netflix. Are you serious? Oh, well, awesome. TOS, TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, and even the animated series you can watch streaming. Only the only the new movie, the 2009 movie, but but all of the shows you can watch on Netflix. So I, I, I didn't mean to turn this into a commercial for Netflix. No, that's great. All the Star Trek you want. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and uh, yeah, it's uh, side note. I winning the uh, winning worlds. Uh, you know, I got the the season of Voyager and uh, Deep Space Nine. That's awesome. Yeah, series. So so you know now I can watch it uh, two different ways. Options options are good. Options are good. So, two months out of Worlds, uh, you know, traditionally everybody takes takes downtime, you know, kind of doesn't play much, sits back and does other things, but, you know, looking at your win two months later and looking to- towards the future, how do you feel about the state of second edition, where it is and where it's going? Right. Um, well, you know, I kind of am one of those people to, uh, you know, kind of hit it hard and then, you know... Uh, take your foot off the pedal for a little while. Um, so I guess I've done that as far as uh, deck building, as far as you know, uh, top of the meta type stuff. You know, I'm, I'm more more along the lines of you know just building stuff kind of for fun. And I just we actually just had a Trek Bowl um, event here, which we, is an event that we run annually, um, provided by our. Uh, Amazing tournament director Jeremy Benedict. Those of you who don't know, Jeremy's awesome, and he has perhaps the coolest, most fitting job uh, being a, uh, working at a, uh, a copying and printing company. So he's able to, you know, supply us with, with, with awesome V printouts. So he is like the man for in- infinite diversity uh, tournaments. Yeah, he did. He did all of those infinite diversity packs that we had at. At all of the continentals and worlds, he did the the big boards for us. So. Yeah, I mean, how cool! We owe him a lot. Yeah, so. we do. I owe him personally because we we had to leave uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday morning pretty early to hop on a bus, and uh, Jeremy was able to uh, uh, come back with uh, the world championship uh, bracket, uh, which he ended up uh, framing for me. 
which was totally awesome, and uh, some other prizes to go. Yeah, and then I left that. Um, he, I just got it, like, this weekend, and then I left it, of course, in the tournament uh, room where we played, and then he, he he got it again and gave it back to me again. So he just he just keeps giving me stuff. Um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but, yeah, yeah, he's a totally awesome guy. He's uh He's really done uh, you know, a lot for carrying carrying the game on here. Uh, as has uh, Chris. For those of you who don't know, shout out shout out to him. He's uh, he's he's our other TD here and uh, one of the big goodbye members. Uh, me, him, Nat Curtin, and uh, a couple other people. We, we go way back. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean those guys are just pivotal as far as you know volunteering to like you know run run stuff like all the time. Super cool. So is there a is there a deck that you kind of might have your eye on to put together for something or, or to to maybe start thinking about regionals? I mean, you know, I I'm 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 getting there. I, I'd say I'm not quite there yet. Um, you know, I it, it, it's it's such a cool game in that you know you, you can really kind of have some of your favorite decks, and you can really play them generally for extended periods of time. Um, so, you know, I I always look back to you know what I what I've what I've played and you know how I can improve upon stuff that I've already gotten to work. Um, so, you know, I I would probably look back to like the original series. I I like playing them a lot. I think they're pretty good. Um, but you know, seeing like Neo play or TOS, you know, I might, I might look that, that direction, you know, for instance, um, uh, or Mirror Starfleet even, um, I think that's, uh, that's a deck that, um, you know, has gotten better over the, the last couple sets, um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I, I look at new things, and I look at old things, and honestly, I have no idea what's good right now, I can honestly say that, I have, Absolutely no idea. So um, yeah. I don't know what that means uh, coming from somebody who had some success this year. But I think I think it means that the game is at a pretty good point. Um, I think there's a lot a lot of stuff that 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 can be competitive. And you know, I'd really put the as far as you know winning goes. I, I really think that what I've learned over all the years is that experience is is, is your number one ally. So. You know, it, it's it's kind of uh, how you you know how you play it as opposed to to what it is. Sometimes um, I, I think that you know there's a lot of you know on paper powerful powerful strategies, but you know apart from something being you know totally broken or unstoppable, I think I think it's uh it's it's fun to uh, keep playing uh, stuff that you're familiar with and uh, you know keep working at it and improving. So. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, Charlie, I got to give you credit. You're, uh, you're, you're, you're probably going to finish 2011 with a with a one and oh record versus me. So, I'd like I'd like the listeners to uh, to to appreciate the fact that uh, our chairman is a, a sneaky sneaky good player when he uh, when he gets the time to play. I know. Uh, I don't I don't even remember playing you. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, uh, I'll take yep, it. <laughs> yep, yep. No, it was. Uh, I think it was at. Uh, uh, what was it? Nationals or Continentals in Chicago? Um, oh right, right, the, right. Some big bad board deck. And, uh, 
some some just awful board deck that I didn't even build. Yeah, yeah, it was it was. Uh, I think that 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 makes my deck even more awful. So yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, no, it was it was it was fun. Yeah, that that it was one of those, you know, download everything, play everything, go crazy board decks that I I have a feeling that uh, intent might not be as fun to play after another couple of months. That's 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 good stuff. Spoilers, spoilers are. Yeah, the, the the Klingons get a little hit by it too, but but we'll see. I think I, I you know it's still in development, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> look out, Borg! Look out, Big Bad Borg! <laughs> The board, the board needs something to stop them from being so annoying. So yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else on your mind, or? Oh, uh, let's see. Well, um, I'm looking. I have a little, a little here. Oh yeah. Well, I, I was just. Uh, I guess I might have a couple questions for you. If uh, no sure. calls or anything, but. Um, so I, 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 you know, there's some big news uh, that came out. I guess in the last week or two with. Uh, um, it being uh, confirmed that uh, Worlds 2012 will be in Australia, and I, I was wondering if you just uh, could could uh, mention, you know, what what you know what went into that decision and uh, what what to look forward to um, as far as that event goes for this this coming. Yeah, yeah, big news. Um, I, I think some people probably thought it was coming. Uh, I, I I understand some of the people who are a little grumbly about it, but I'm also a little disappointed that there's so much grumbling. I mean, you know, there was grumbling before before we put it in Europe, too, and there was grumbling after, and it's okay. The Australian players and the Australian tournament directors have done a phenomenal job in all three games. And if you just look at second edition, it, it may not be as impressive growth-wise, but they went from having no first edition tournaments to having you know, 12, 15 people playing in their continental championships, and they went from never playing triples to triples tournaments on a regular basis, and, and they've even seen growth in second edition, and, and to, to say you can't have this premier level event because it's inconvenient for other people to get to you is... It just didn't seem right. You know, it, it is inconvenient to get to Australia. It's inconvenient to get from Australia to anywhere else. I understand that. I wish that we had the funds or the resources to, you know, fly the top four from every continent down right. there. Um, you know, it, it, it it's kind of silly to call a championship world when we only have three people from outside the U.S. come, or or, or I don't know how many will go down there. And, and maybe we could have maybe we could have more people if if we would, we did it in 2013. And, Sure. You know, coulda, woulda, shoulda. But the, the long and short of it is, everybody on the organized play department realized how hard the the Australian players and, and tournament directors have been working, and they deserve this this opportunity. And, and if it goes well, and I'm confident that it'll go well, when we do it again down there in four years or however long, uh, then hopefully we'll be able to. Give more notice and and get everybody who wants to go down there down there because because you know we 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 talked about the notice thing and oh, oh somebody was going to be angry and upset no matter what we yeah. did you know we got we got a solid we got solid bids from uh, Minnesota there was a really solid bid to have it in Minnesota there was a solid bid to have it in 
in Atlanta, there was a solid bid to have it at Gen Con, and, and ultimately uh, the pros for doing it in Australia outweighed the cons, and we just had we had to give them a shot. Yeah, I, I, it, it, I, I personally think it's great. I, I think, uh, you know, on the flip side of some of that controversy, you said, you know, uh, that it's such a difficult place to travel to. Well, you know, as, as fertile as their player base goes, you know, you can say, well... It's just as difficult for them to fly anywhere else, you know. And and I, I, I and I, the other thing is that you know, I mean, if if it is viable, I don't know. From what I hear, Australia is a is a place to travel to. So um, no, I I think it's I think it's great. I think it's good to uh, reward you know uh, hardworking uh, uh, people, and uh, and I think it'll be be a pretty big success. I, I don't know if I can personally go there and defend, but uh, if I can in any way, shape, or form, I'm, I'm on board, you know, so. Oh. Yeah, it, it would be nice to be able to, you know, fly you down there and all the continental winners down there. Unfortunately, we, we have enough trouble keeping the power on, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, you guys, you guys, you know, I think uh, the job that CC is doing is, is fantastic, so. Thank you, thank you. Um. So yeah, I'm 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 happy for everybody. Down cool. Here. Um, yeah, and then uh, another question I had uh, was as far as uh, you know, possibly uh, I just noted no, noticed on the, the the main site page um, that you know there's a call for like play testers, and I'm just wondering if uh, you know what 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 routes people can take. You know, if they're if you know as far as like possibly vacant positions. You know, as far as those go on the CC, um, what what they can do, just because, I don't know, from message boards, sometimes I feel like people might not know exactly or be aware of, um, you know, of, of positions to apply for. Or, so. Well, we we have a new section of the site, trekcc.com slash, or trekcc.org slash volunteers. You can get to it from the front page, and... and we're still migrating everything into that, but from, from now on, the, the goal is that everything that we're looking for in terms of help will be coordinated through that page. So if you're ever looking for a, a, a place to, I want to help out the CC, what can I do? TrekCC.org slash volunteers. Uh, there are a number of open positions. I'll, I'll be talking about this more in the next couple of weeks as I, you know, we're still doing the period of review, and the period of review is always a, a tough time because it's like, well, I don't want to start making all these plans and then you know, get voted out. So I made all these plans for nothing type of situation. So you kind of, you know, you hold your breath for a couple of weeks while you wait to see what happens. And, and sure. fortunately, the the community has decided that I get to serve another year, which Yay. is fabulous. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, um, so yes, we have a number of open positions that we're working on filling. Um, Tui Rules Master is the biggest one, probably. It's you know we, we've narrowed it down to four candidates. Uh, anyone who applied. And who wasn't one of those four candidates? Has, you know, we notified them. If for some reason you did apply and you didn't hear back, then that's a huge oversight on our part, and you need to let me know. Um, but we'll be picking from those four candidates uh, probably the end of this week, early next week, and have an announcement uh, by the end of the month. Gotcha. Um, we're doing some reorganization in our design departments, so that's what, kind of why there hasn't been any movement on the lead designer position. Uh, Things have been running okay, and it hasn't been super urgent. Plus, I really have fun sort of finding. Nice. 
So right now I kind of look at it as like, I don't get paid for this, but I get to design cards, so that's sort of almost as good. Yeah, and, um, and, and uh, so, and, and like the previous, uh, you know, Make It So winner, and, you know, they help out, is that, is that true? Or yeah, 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 there, there's about seven, I think we have, we're up to nine people. I call it the stable of designers, this stable of assistant designers. Um, the model has been so far is that there's one lead designer who sort of leads all the expansions, and then he picks one to three people to help him out, and those people rotate. And I think the model we're going to move to um, is more of a, even the lead guy rotates. So, so there's sort of one person who's sort of saying, here's the overall course we're going to follow, and, and and that would probably roll into the chairman position. Uh, just like, Monitoring to make sure that you're not, you know, we're going to introduce four new affiliations. No, you're not. You know, that type, that type of thing. Right. Uh, but but rotating who's the lead designer so that people, you know, take the game into different spaces. And, and that's a good thing. Uh, you know, Brad did a great job for, for very many years, but, you know, Brad had certain patterns and traditions that he always followed. And, and, and that's great, but it's not necessarily something that we always want to keep doing. And, and maybe... Maybe we want to shake things up, and and I don't I don't want to be arrogant and 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 say, well I'm going to be the lead designer because I have the most experience, right? Which which is true, but at the same time, you know Brad taught me, so I'm kind of just doing a lot of the same things that Brad did, and I don't always want it to be the same way, and and I want to give it more people more opportunities, so so maybe somebody like Keith in a couple of years can lead the set, yeah. and he'll he'll do things differently than than say you would if you were leading an expansion, sure. so. It's going to be interesting to see how how that have how we transition to that model. So, well, so that's the plan moving cool. forward. Well, sort of thing. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks. I think people will really uh, appreciate knowing knowing some of the uh, you know the design thoughts uh, and the uh, you know the structure of it. Um, I, I think if uh, you know if you look at like boy like the last set, I think uh, I mean personally, I think it's just just a beautiful set from the artwork and, you know, uh, carrying on the, uh, the the awesome gameplay, uh, you know, which is such a strong point. I mean, I think it's, 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 I, I, I honestly don't know how many other games are, you know, volunteer runner based, but just because I'm so involved with this one, I <laughs> don't have much time for it, but I, 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 I'd be hard pressed. I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find any other game that um, is so is such a success. Um, just run from volunteers. I think it's, I think it's amazing, and I, I, I think uh, I, I hope that people, you know, keep keep that in mind. That uh, you know, every, every, just the hard work that goes into it, and uh, just the excellent, um, you know, the excellent, excellent results we get. I think it's just just awesome. So I, I just want to say thank you to you, and uh, you know. Uh, everybody that uh, does such a good job, and uh, here's to uh, many, many more years of success. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll drink to that. And uh, thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. And sorry it took me two months to get you on, but it, you got your thoughts on record. So, yeah, yeah uh, uh, very happy to do it. Uh, it's been fun. <laughs>